I'm Lisa Billiou, and I went from housewife to co-founder of the billion-dollar company Quest Nutrition and now president of Impact Theory. Our mission with this show is to empower you and all women to recognize you really can become the hero of your own life. Welcome to Women of Impact. If I had a blender and poured in the beauty of Aphrodite, sprinkled in the wisdom of Tony Robbins, added a drop of bad artery from Laura Croft and drizzled the sweetness of Julia Roberts, today's Women of Impact would make up the cocktail of empowerment. At the age of 17, on a dare, she auditioned for the music powerhouse Murder, Inc. And within a year, she'd left her hometown of Pennsylvania and began touring the world with rap superstar Ja Rule. Living the high life, it was a dream come true until she saw something that would change the course of her life forever. After spending $3,000 in one night in a nightclub in South Africa, she walked out to see the poverty of Shantytown and the reality of the two worlds hit her. She felt like she'd lost herself. She felt like a fraud. She sold her soul for fame and she didn't even recognize herself anymore. And just like that, she quit the industry. Determined to live a life of meaning, she got a bartending job to make ends meet and began searching for a connection to something authentic. And that's when Epic was born, a non-profit organization that has brought clean water to tens of thousands of people in Africa, as well as supports community development and women's empowerment through their fellowship program. So guys, it is my honor to introduce to you the author of Now or Never and 50 Ways to Yay, a self-proclaimed artist of life, and in my opinion, completely mind-blowingly incredible badass woman, the one and only Alexi Panos. Oh my gosh, that was like the best intro ever. I had so much fun writing it. Because you've done so much, we even said, like you just said that you have like, you've had lived 20 lives. Yes, I feel like that sometimes for sure. So the place I want to start though, which hit me the hardest is about happiness. And you say happiness is a choice. Now, coming from my family, Greek immigrants, and I know that your father is Greek, I think the world back then was kind of build enough so that you can pay for a roof over your head, um, supply food for your children, and that was like, okay, I'm happy. If I can do that, everything's good. But in today's day and age, it definitely has flipped. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, you saying happiness is a choice. Take me through that because I know that that's going to sting a lot of people. Yeah, well, you know, it's like I look at life as a ride, right? It's a roller coaster, it's ups and downs, it's twists and turns, and a lot of people are complaining about the ride the whole time. I feel sick, I hate this part, this happened, I wasn't expecting this. We're just going through the whole thing complaining. And in my opinion, we can't turn the ride off, right? We don't know Mm. when the ride stops. We never know when that's coming, but we can choose how we relate to the ride. So for me, I look at the ups and downs. I look at the twists and turns. I at, look at the highs and the lows and the things that are unexpected. And I say, okay, I can choose to complain about this, which by the way, I'm more wired for negativity than I am positivity, mm. which is interesting. So I can really talk about this because I'm one of those people that, you know, I'm kind of like born glass, half empty. Well, at least I have a glass, but it's still half empty, realist mentality that comes from my family. So for me, it takes work to choose to be happy. It takes Mm -hmm. work to choose to look for the silver lining, look for the bright side of life, look for the lesson in a so-called failure. Mm -hmm. It takes work, but the more you do it and the more I've done it, the more it becomes just second nature. And it's so funny, even this morning, I woke up and I had a, a conditioned thought of like, oh, I didn't sleep well, my son was up last night, right? 
to, hold on Alexi, reset, choose, okay. I got sleep, my son is healthy and beautiful and alive and I got to spend extra time with him last night because he wasn't feeling well. And, and it just like, it shifted my whole mindset, it shifted my whole internal being and I show up here and I feel incredible. That's amazing. How do you get to that point though? So you said that you, know, you naturally like that. How do you then train yourself to get to the point where once you spot the negativity, you can switch it around? Yeah, it's that awareness, right? And it's, it's also compassion. And this is the part that I think a lot of self-help mm. misses. Like, you're not going to be perfect and that's okay. And that compassion element, in my opinion, is where the happiness choice gets easier because we, we give ourselves a little more grace and a little more ease to settle into the fact like, okay, I'm human. I'm not nailing this thing, you know, 10 out of 10 mm -hmm. every day, but I am showing up every day. And it literally is a moment to moment thing. Mm -hmm. So it's, there's no secret sauce to it. It's just when you catch yourself in a negative spiral, which happens, catch yourself mm -hmm. and go, oh, look what I'm doing right now. Separate yourself from it, become objective. Oh, that's interesting. I'm experiencing these negative emotions. I'm experiencing something that doesn't feel that great. How do I want to feel? Mm. What's my intention for the next moment? How do I want to be talking with Lisa right now? Or how do I want to be interacting with my partner right now instead of badgering him and complaining about what he's not doing? Is this effective? And then we can make a choice in that moment. And we have to tuck our pride aside sometimes, especially when we're dealing with other people. I can see the tangible difference and I can feel it in my heart and mm. in my body. I just feel better. So if I want to live a life that feels better and more aligned, it's a choice mm. and I just have to continue to keep stepping into that. So did you write those questions down initially, like to ask yourself like, okay, when you're in a bad mood, look at the piece of paper or whatever and say, ask yourself these questions because sometimes it's so hard when you're in that negative space, yeah. right? I used to like put on sad music when I was feeling sad. Now it just makes it bloody worse, right? Let's face it. Did you ask yourself those questions? Did you write those down? Did you have a mantra that you would repeat in your head time and time again to snap you out of it? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think going back to like 101 on this, mm. the thing I want to highlight is we have to feel the feelings. Mm. Like a lot of people want to use mindset to just talk themselves mm -hmm. out of it, which doesn't work because the body actually remembers it. And the body goes, no, you're lying, right? Because you can say all these positive affirmations. The body's like, bullshit. We can say, you know, I am this, this and that. Our brain's like, no, you're not. We have to be real. And I think that's what's missing from our industry is that people are giving us these tactics and tools, but they're not really allowing us to be human. And again, this is the aspect that's so important is our humanity, like sadness is not bad. You know, like negative feelings are not necessarily bad. Sometimes they're not effective. Sometimes they're not uh, workable for the moment, but they're not bad. They're just an emotion. So for me, in those moments, like back, back, back in the day, I would put on a sad song that would help me cathart because I used to have a really hard problem mm. catharting and letting anything out because I was so closed off and so like, you know, mindset is everything and talking myself out of my emotions that it took practice for me to actually emote, oh, which wow. is interesting. So that's like a whole other thing, but I think the feeling of it first, and I give myself a timer. It's like, okay, for the next, two hours, I'm going to be just in it, like full in it. Every song that's going to pull it out of me and just like take a shower, like, oh, you know, <laughs> just be in it, be in it, so much in it. And then by the end, it's normally like 30 minutes in, I'm like, all right, I'm kind of over it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of done. And then you could choose something else. And I believe all emotions, but especially those emotions that we deem 
negative mm. are some of our greatest teachers and they're showing up almost like a fire alarm telling us like hey something's off here something's out of alignment mm. like do you want to take a look at this and we're like no i can't take a look at this i need to be positive i need to be happy and our soul is like knock 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 but this is kind of important yeah. you may want to look did you feel that then like kind of burying it made it worse in the long run totally like build up, build up, build right. up. Let me just bury some more, build up, build up, and then explosions. Mm -hmm. And we've all been in those scenarios where out of nowhere, we're like, whoa, where'd that, where'd that anger come from? And it's because we've got this residue of emotions that are just unprocessed and unfelt. And I think that's, that's really where most of us have to begin is just feeling the feeling. So true. How do you then become aware of it or have awareness to those emotions like if you're so used to burying it it's kind of like you know it becomes second nature yeah. so how do you like reverse that unwire it yeah so I look at my life like for me my life is is the feedback and it's like okay how are my relationships doing how's my health doing how's my communication doing how's my family and friends doing how's my work doing Wherever I'm feeling slightly off, I know there's a misalignment somewhere. Mm. And then I go into the misalignment and go, okay, what do I feel about that? Like, what's actually under that? So, for instance, my relationship with my husband, Preston, there was a moment where we, like, really went through it. And I was feeling kind of, not, like, disconnected from him, but busy. And so I checked in. Okay, I feel disconnected right now from my husband. What am I feeling? And I was feeling this deep sense of fear around the next step of having a child. Am I ready to not give up, but, but am I ready to pay the price? Because everything has a price. Am I ready to pay mm. the price of parenthood? Mm. And, and that was a big thing that was like, oh, whoa, I didn't even realize I was feeling that. I didn't even realize that that was up for me because I was so busy and so focused on my work and scaling and launches and all the things conveniently so I didn't have to face off with that but when I, I do an assessment once a month where I just yeah. check in where am I at across all of my life and that showed up for me and it was like okay let me feel this let me feel into it <sighs> okay I'm feeling the fear around being a parent oh what does that mean as a woman what do I have to give up what? do I have to give things up what does that mean for my life my career my relationship like what are the stories I've been told what do I want to create and I had to unpack that whole thing and then I brought it to Preston, unpacked, and said, hey, like, this is something I'm being with. And it was beautiful, and it deepened our relationship and made us feel even more ready to step into parenthood. Um, so how then do you unpack everything you've learned that you've been told, you just said, right, I've been told um, in the past where it comes to being a mother. Like, yeah. how do you unpack all of that, lay it out, and have an unbiased opinion of the things that have you've been taught all your life with the reality of how you actually feel? Yeah, so for me, that's where I write it out. Like, I'm very visual, okay. so okay. I like to go, okay, what are my unconscious beliefs around parenting? And I'd write out, parenting means this, parenting is hard, parenting, da, da, da. and I literally just see what comes out automatically because the automatic beliefs right. are conditioned unconscious beliefs. And I just went all the beliefs that were just in my body, just writing them all down. You're going to have to stop traveling. You're going to have to do this. You're, your whole life's going to change. You know, like, it's interesting because everything you're saying is negative. Yeah, everything. That's so interesting. Everything. And then, and then there were a few that were like, and it's the greatest love you've ever felt. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Lost right yeah. then. There's one. But I literally had to look at all that, and then that's on one page, and the other page is what do I choose for it to be? 
And now coming back to it, we choose happiness. So what do I create this to be? What do I choose this to be? That's incredible. Um, okay, I want to go to ego now. Because yes. you've spoken very eloquently about ego and the, the control versus surrendering. Yeah, so, you know, the ego is amazing. A lot of people are like, kill the ego off, destroy the ego, it's the worst enemy. And it's like, the ego is pretty awesome too. The ego helps push us to get things done. It um, helps us create amazing things like this, women of impact, where you can serve the world. There's so many ways that ego comes in and really helps us in life. And there's a lot of ways that ego is not that effective mm -hmm. for us. And the number one way is the ego wants control. It wants security and it wants approval. And if we're living our life based on control, security, and approval, we're screwed because it's an external game, right? So if I'm like, okay, I need Lisa to like me. I need Lisa to like me, so I'm gonna sit a certain way, I'm gonna talk a certain way, I'm gonna make sure that I say these really cool things so she's gonna like me even more, and then I'll feel secure and safe because now I feel like, okay, she likes me, I feel safe, I'm a part of the tribe, I've controlled the situation, Whew, ego gets to live. Now, if I'm truly just authentic and fully in my surrender of the now moment, where I don't know what's gonna come out of my mouth, I don't know what's gonna come out of your mouth, mm -hmm. <laughs> who knows what's gonna happen here, that surrender is scary for the ego, mm -hmm. which is why we feel a lot of fear before speeches or interviews or any of these things because the ego doesn't know. Surrender to me is where the magic of life is. And yet it's the hardest thing to do because our ego does not want to relinquish control mm -hmm. because it believes it needs control to survive. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the greatest lies that we've subconsciously inherited in our world is that if I can't control this outcome, I will die. I will not feel secure. I will not get approval. The tribe will outcast me and I will not be included. Right. Like that's like basic survival caveman stuff. Yeah. And we now have evolved to be able to think outside of the construct of ego and say, okay, there's an ego, but there's also a soul. Like there's something else here and it feels a little different. It feels a little wider and more, there's more depth to it. And the soul really doesn't care if it has the house or the job or the approval or any of the things. The soul just wants joy. The soul wants pleasure. The soul wants connection. The soul wants expression. And when we live from that space, there's just this magic that we vibrate and that vibration brings more people into our space and brings more of life's amazing gifts into our space. And sure enough, it's like catch 22, right? The irony of it, when we're living from ego and we're attached and trying to control and trying to get the approval and security, it keeps eluding us because we're so attached to it. But when we're just in surrender and we're actually tapped into our fullest expression, whatever that looks like in the moment, the vibration of who we are is so magnetic. So how do you actually then actively surrender? Because I understand like, if you do it three or four times, the positive reinforcement of like, wow, I surrendered and it actually helped me. Okay, I can see how, and yeah. you use that memory to then do it again. Yeah. But let's say that very first moment where your ego keeps getting in the way, you're in a situation and you know you should surrender, <laughs> yeah. but everything is screaming in your head like, yeah. How do you take it to actually surrendering? Yeah, well, and I'm going to say this, and this is not like the, the PC personal development type of answer. Sometimes we have to not surrender in order to get the lesson. Like, okay. sometimes we actually have to be in that scenario where 
Our ego's like, you've got to do this. We've got to get approval and control and security. And your soul's like, but wait, there's a whole other life over here. And you're like, which one do I choose? Which one do I choose? And then you choose this. Yeah. And then sometimes we have to feel the pain and the suffering that comes from that choice in order to then the next time go, okay, the next time when that happens and I'm at a crossroads and a, a choice point, I'm going to just see. I'm just going to see what happens. And that choice looks like going, okay, my ego right now wants to be impressive. My ego right now wants to know like what comments are going to be on this video. My soul in this moment wants to connect. My soul in this mm -hmm. moment wants to be present. My soul in this moment wants to feel joy and feel comfortable in who I am. Can I make that choice for myself? Do I choose to make it? And it's literally, it's that simple and also that difficult mm. because it's not easy. It's literally letting go and just trusting. And it's the ultimate form of trust. It's the trust of, you know, the, the universe has got your back kind of thing mm -hmm. where it's like, I'm just going to trust that whatever's meant to unfold will unfold. And I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And like that could be a mantra that people say. I think it's very powerful. Um, I, I want to talk about when you're in those moments of despair, when you're really feeling lost. It's so easy to go down, as we were talking earlier, about putting that music on, right? Yeah. So in researching you and looking in all your stuff, it's like you got so much energy. We even spoke about like being Greek and like yeah. throwing your hands, hands around. <laughs> and, like, your spirit and energy is so um, infectious. I started to feel happy and upbeat and like, oh my God, this is going to be so exciting. I can't wait to talk about all this stuff. Um, and then all of a sudden, like in one of your interviews, you said about your sexual abuse yeah. and your rape. Yeah. And go like, it, I like, pause, like, what? Yeah. The reason why I think it shocked me so much, because I was like, well, why are you shocked? Because there are a lot of women that have been sexually abused in some way, shape or yeah. form. They say one out of four. Oh, I was going to say one out of three, but one out of four. One out of four. And that's the people who have uh, reported it. Reported it. Exactly. So right. Way more. So let's just even say then one out of four. Um, but I was so shocked. And so I, I really stopped in my tracks and I was like, why am I so shocked? Mm. And it's because you're so positive. Huh. And then I started thinking about how many times, and I did this when I was 16, of like playing the victim, yeah. right? Um, yeah. I am very fortunate to have never been in that situation, but yeah. the victim of other things, of bullying of and things like yeah. that. Because in all of your content and everything that you do and say, it is always about how do I improve? Even if it's like, look at the shit, you know, like yeah. <laughs> dwell in it for a minute, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's always about overcoming it. Yeah. Did you ever play the victim? So it's, it happened when I was 20 and it happened as it was like the tail end of me coming out of the music industry. I'll tell a bit of the story so this yeah, moment makes do. sense. Yeah, please um, This person picked me up. They said that they were a producer. They wanted to work with me and I was kind of like, mm, I don't know if I want to do music anymore. Set up a meeting through somebody that was working with me. He picks me up. I have an instant feeling of like, this isn't good. Mm. But I overrode it. And was like, oh, it's fine. Like, you're just being judgmental. He drives me through, this is in New York City, through the, the tunnel. And it's kind of like a shady part of town. I'm like, all my fire signals are going off. Like, this is not good. This is not good. He pulls into, like, an old motel. And it was like a scene from a movie. Pulls out a gun from the glove compartment and puts it on my lap. He said, this is going to end one of two ways. And I instantly just, like, shut down and, like, something else turned on. And in that moment, he said, I know where you live. He picked me up from my house where I was just, I was moving in that week into my first apartment in New York City. 
He's like, I know where you live. I know where your family lives. Like he like told me all this stuff. And I went into like a robotic mode and went through the motions of doing something with this person um, at gunpoint. And afterwards he threw money at me and I grabbed the money to get a ride home. Cause at that time there weren't Ubers or any of that stuff. And I remember in the car on the way home, I'm sitting there with this money and I'm looking at it feeling so disgusting, so terrible. And I had such deep compassion in that moment for women who have a been through anything like this, but also women in the sex industry. And it was like, oh my God, like I, I understood them in that moment. It sounds so weird, but that moment I made a choice and said, I'm either going to use my sexuality to control men and like be in my power with it so they can't take it from me or I'm going to just like ignore this for a while until I can deal with it and I chose that option because it was too much for me at the time and so I literally just tucked it away I put it in a file box in the back of my head didn't want to look at it didn't want to think about it pretended like it didn't happen went back took a shower went straight into my to my my job and like everyone's like how'd the meeting with the producer go and I was like great and literally like just like a robot. It never happened for six years, six years. I didn't even think about it. It legit did not happen until, and I'd been going to Africa through for Epic this point for six years, 26 years old. We had just drilled a well in an amazing community called Mangalali, like amazing people. This woman by the name of Zamda speaking in Swahili is holding our hands, mine and my partners, and crying and just speaking in Swahili, just gratitude and thanks. And I can feel her, but I couldn't feel her. And my partner's tearing up and crying, and it was a moment. And I was just shut off. And I knew, like, I felt grateful that we were there. Mentally, I could process it, but I couldn't feel it. And I started judging my friend, Tanil, who's my business partner. And I looked at her, I'm like, she's emotional again. Like, Tanil's always emotional. And I came back, started journaling. I was like, why am I judging her? It's so weird, like she's done nothing. Why am I judging her? And it came out that I'm mad that she can feel. And I was like, well, why can't I feel? And I literally am just writing this and like letting my hand flow. And then the whole story came out on paper and reading it was like the first time I revisited that moment. So when I first processed it, Six years later, and I want to really emphasize that because it's not like an overnight thing where it's like, yay, everything's great. Six years later, I first played the victim to myself. Mm. I put myself in that situation. I didn't get out of the car. I totally blamed myself, right? It's all my fault. I should have, I should have done this. I should have fought harder. I should have run out. I should, I mean, all the should have. So for the first six months, I was just completely blaming myself for it. Then I started from that, like being in it and playing the sad songs and going through a whole heap of emotions in that six months. At that point, I started blaming him. He's this, he's that. I can't believe that I had to go through that part of being a victim to him for a few months. And then about nine months in, I got really tired of being that angry Mm -hmm. and being that like sad and disconnected and having it be their fault. I was like, well, is it always going to be his fault? Is it always going to be I should have? Like, I don't want to live like this anymore. And I genuinely got to the point where I just got sick and tired of hearing myself complain about, oh, well, I'm this way because of that. 
or, oh, well, I can't connect in relationship because this thing happened to me. And I was like, I was so sick of hearing my own victim story that I was like, I have to, I have to do something about it. So I started facing off with it. I started trying to find compassion first for myself and then for him. And that led me down a whole rabbit hole of actually taking all the personal development work I had done since I was 16. I did my first Tony Robbins event at 16, Landmark at 18, like did all that mm. stuff, but it was all here. And it was all like trying mm. to spiritually bypass my life. And at 26, almost 27 is when I actually said, you know what? I'm not going to bypass this anymore. I'm going to face off with it. I'm going to go all the way to the depths of my shadow. I'm going to go all the way into my soul. I'm going to dig this up. And it, it taught me compassion. I had, not that I didn't have any compassion before, but I was really hard on myself. Therefore, I was really hard on other people. I was one of those people I used personal development to get ahead in life, like totally cutthroat. Mm. And that taught me how to actually connect with myself first so that I could actually be with other people and connect with other people. And that has led me to this work. Like I literally started all these little tools that I found to help me heal through that. I started doing women's circles with other girls that I was working with in the industry that had been raped or molested or sexually abused. Or, I mean, I started talking to women and so many women, so many women had gone through this and never shared it with anybody. And so I'm like, well, let me, let me share what works for me. I don't know if it'll work for you. It, 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 let me just share. And it started working. And then I started realizing there's something to this. And then that started getting me connected. They'd say, hey, can you lead a workshop at this thing that my job is doing? I'd be like, sure. And I'm doing authenticity workshops at corporate events. And that's how this whole work started, was through that. So truthfully, it led me to the expressive, positive, effervescent personality that people see, it's because I'm actually connected to myself and now I can actually be connected to life because I'm open to it. It was the crack in my armor that I needed to let the light in. Holy crap, girl. I'm a little speechless right now. Yeah. It doesn't happen often with me. Mm. Um, thank you for sharing that, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, one thing you actually said in that that I find a lot of people do is the shoulds. Yeah. Yeah. I should do this, I should be this, I should be like that. And I've had to overcome that a lot, like growing yeah. up in a Greek family, and it's like, I should have children, and I should be that stay-at-home wife that supports her husband. Yeah. And when we went into business together, I was like, I, I, I can't juggle both. To me, I'm all in when I do something. Yeah. So from Monday to Friday, when I'm with my husband, it's like, we're business partners. And it was hard for me to come over that I should take care of my husband during the week. Yeah. And I had to go through that. So I think so many people suffer from the shoulds. How do you get out of that mindset of like, stop saying that? Like to me, I would like just, don't even use the word. It was almost like a, like, if I could taser yeah. myself yeah, exactly. every time I said the Rubber word band. should. Yeah, right? But like, I yeah. had to kind of visualize something that every time I would do it, like, zzz, yeah. zzz. Exactly. Um, how do you help people get over those shoulds um, in any aspect of their life, right? Yeah. Depend, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, simple exercise. Write down all the shoulds. Like, start with the domain of your life. So relationships, wherever there's the most amount of pain, Relationship, career, finances, health, and then write down all the shoulds. Oh, I should be this, I should be that, I should be that, da da da, all of them. Just mm. until you can't write another should on that paper. Then next to that should, say, how does this should make me feel? Does it make me feel empowered? Or does it make me feel paralyzed? And Ooh. I guarantee you, 
you will have a long list of paralyzed <laughs> next to all of those things. And then the next thing is what's my choice? What's my choice? Do I choose to live under the blanket of should or do I choose to create a new rule for myself? Right? And sometimes the new rule is just I'm taking that one out. That one doesn't get to be here anymore. So for instance, motherhood. Oh, well, I should not be working for this amount of time after I have the baby. I should do da 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 mm. And I'm like, all of that makes me feel trapped and imprisoned. Mm. So what do I choose to create? Well, I'm going to create one month, 30 days postpartum where I'm just with my baby. And then I'm going to check in. And I scheduled it in my calendar. Check in. How Did are you, you really? feeling? That's amazing. <laughs> like, I love How it. are you feeling? <laughs> And I checked in and at 30 days, I was like, okay, I feel ready to get back in. Like I want, I'm missing my people. I'm missing my connection with my audience and my family. I call my family because they are. And so I got back in, I got back into my groups and like started doing lives again. It just felt really good. So I check in. Okay. Does this feel good after a week of getting back in? Yes. Okay. But I want to create a little more balance with time with him and time with them. Hmm. So, okay, what does that look like? So I'm just constantly trying things on, reassess. Trying things on, reassess. Trying things on, reassess. But it takes going and looking at all the ways that we're imprisoning ourselves with our language and our beliefs. And language isn't always just spoken word, it's our Hmm. beliefs too. People don't realize how often we're talking to ourselves. It sounds crazy, but we're talking to ourselves all the time. We are. And a lot of us are just completely handcuffs on every single thing that we do because we're living under those shoulds. Yeah, I love that. Have you got like a journal book or something? I mean, you really like, like to <laughs> I sell? You I should. should. <laughs> I should. Should you? Um, Maybe. <laughs> but like those, those questions and the way that you lay it out step by step is so powerful because in fact, let's talk about motivation yes. and how someone can listen to this right and if i cut out all the tactics that you're saying yeah like all the amazing tactics you've just laid out if i cut those out of this edit this yeah. edit people still feel extremely motivated yeah. by you yeah. but it would last an hour yeah it would last three hours maybe um maybe right if you're lucky <laughs> if, you're, if you're lucky yeah. yeah um how do you feel about motivation in general and yeah in general i feel like we are at a crisis point in our industry and it's mm. it's something i'm extremely passionate about Consumerism is not just about buying stuff and having more stuff than we need. We are consuming information now. Mm. And consumerism has crossed that line into personal development where people are just consuming books and podcasts and videos and all these things because we want to feel smarter. We want to feel more motivated. We want to feel like we've got an edge for our next conversation and bring something, Mm. you know, interesting to the room. And I get it. Like I'm there too. And I love doing that. But if we're not applying it, it doesn't matter. It's all irrelevant. It's all fluff. I call it mental masturbation. It's literally oh, mental masturbation. Sorry if I offend anyone. But that's what it it's is. It's so true though. It's like we're literally just doing this. Like imagine if we were doing yeah, that with food. Yeah. We'd be like, that's unhealthy. Huh. Like that's really unhealthy. Like your body needs to digest it. It needs to be able to go to your cells and do its thing so that you can actually move and not feel totally stagnant in your life. But we're doing this with information. And we're going, why is my, my life not working? I'm doing all the things. Why? I'm listening to all the things. I'm taking all the courses. Feeling good about being proactive. But is it? Hmm. Is it proactive hmm. if we're passively listening? Right. And, and I would beg to say it's not. Unless you are taking a concept 
Eight, like if you read a book, great. Take one concept from one chapter of that book, try it on for at least a week, if not 30 days, until you're living it and embodying it. If you're not embodying it, you don't know it yet. You have an idea about it, you're theorizing about it, but you don't know it yet because your life is not a reflection of that. My life has exponentially changed since I implemented this. And this is coming from the person who was over there just consuming everything but, because I love growth. I love learning. I love this stuff since I was little. I love it. But my life wasn't a reflection of it. I could spit out a ton of really cool information, but my life was not a reflection mm. of the values and the insights that I was learning about. And at some point I had to ask myself like, all right, so I know a lot, but my life is kind of completely out of whack. Do I want my life to be working even if I don't know a lot? And it's changed everything. And that's why I created my monthly membership. We do that exact thing where we go, right now we're in confidence. We did alignment last month. So we go into a topic and every week we're just working on it. Just working on it. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, talk to me a little about paralysis yeah. and perfection. Like people get so paralyzed yeah. on making that first step because they're searching for perfection. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? And then how the hell do you bloody overcome it? <laughs> well, my thoughts are first empathy. Like, oh my gosh, I was such a perfectionist back in the day. So I totally get it. Yeah. Um, and I always say to all my clients that come to me and say, I want to do this thing. I want to start this business or I want to start making inspirational videos like you do. I'm like, great. When? Yeah. yeah. And then they're like, well, I'm waiting for the equipment. I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for someone who can come over and film me. I'm like, do you have an iPhone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a hand that you can hold? Oh, you're ready to go. You have everything you need. And I remind these people and my students that if it's truly that you want to do something mm. and that something is calling on your heart and saying, hey, knock, 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 this is huge. I need this to come out. It's not about you. Get out of the way. Stop making it about you. Stop trying to make it all perfect because the perfection is the fear and that's mm -hmm. the ego. Control, security, approval, right? Think about it. It needs to be perfect so that you approve of me, so I can control the situation, so I can feel secure in the fact that I've done my best, right? So no matter what anyone says, I know I've done my best. And that's the ego at play. And I get it. It's going to show up. But if it is something on your soul that is yearning to come out, Get out of your own way. It is not about you. You are the messenger. You are the vehicle. You are the container for it to come out. And the more we get in the way of that, the more we literally build that paralysis and that fear, it gets bigger. And they've shown this like confidence wise. They talk about the confidence gap. Have you ever read that book? I haven't. It's a great book really? for anyone who wants to read it. They talk about that gap will only get bigger if we sit mm. in the fear. And a lot of people say, well, I'm not confident enough yet to do the thing. Yeah. I'm waiting to you know, be more prepared, have more certifications, whatever, right? All the things. But the more we sit in the waiting, the bigger that gap gets, the bigger the fear gets because the fear goes, oh, see, you're still not ready. You weren't ready last month. You're not mm. ready this month. You're definitely not going to be ready next month. And that little conversation gets louder and louder and the gap gets bigger and bigger. And then five years down the road, we're like, oh, I had this dream five years ago to do what that person's yeah. doing and I should have done it, but I didn't. And then that becomes our life. So the way out of that is literally step first, confidence second. So people think it's confidence first, step second, right. but it's not. It's step first, 
in the fear without knowing what's going to happen, totally like, okay, let's just see, let's figure it out. And you build confidence through that, through going, okay, I stepped, I didn't die, everything's okay. That was actually kind of fun. Let me take another step. And that's how we actually develop our confidence is through the steps into mm. the unknown. So it's the antithesis of what a lot of people think it is. They think we need to be ready first. And a lot of personal development talks about that. Like you've got to have the mindset mm -hmm, before mm -hmm. you. And it's like, sometimes you got to leap first and then the mindset comes second. So simple step, take a step. Like that is the simplest thing. Whatever the thing is that you want to do, break down the first 10 steps that you would have to do to get even moving in that thing and then start with the easiest one and go and just go like go 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 now don't wait go <laughs> all right so i'm gonna paint a scenario for you yep. i've listened to you talk i'm like okay i'm just gonna do that step yes. i'm gonna do it lexi told me to so i'm gonna do it i'm gonna build my confidence to it i take the step and i fall on my face yeah great Right, so what, yeah, so what do you tell yes. yourself? Okay, so the fall on your face, yeah. this is the best feedback, right? Yeah. So failure is not failure, failure is feedback. Failure is a lesson. Mm -hmm. And you've now got so much information about what doesn't work that you can hedge and like totally make it work next time because you know that really doesn't work, mm -hmm. right? And the most successful people in the world, they've studied, they have such a deep, deep, amazing relationship with failure they, they say, mm -hmm. if I'm not failing mm -hmm. enough, I'm not trying mm -hmm. enough. If I'm not failing enough, I'm not stretching enough. And that's how I believe, and I'm sure that's how you believe yeah. as well, is that failure is like, it's a sign that we're in action. We're yeah. moving along. And most people, I actually did a video about this. Most people think that, you know, you're driving your car on a road trip and like one of the tires blows out and what, what do you do? Do you look at it and go, oh my God, the tire blew out. I'm just going to slash all the tires and <laughs> blow my car up. Or do you figure out a way to learn from that tire going, yeah. oh, maybe my, my air was low in my tires. Okay, let me fix that. Mm -hmm. And let me check out the rest of the tire pressure and then keep moving. And that's literally what it is. Failure is feedback. That feedback gets you to your destination smarter and faster and more eloquently and with more ease and grace because you learn something along the way. So expect failure and expect that it will happen again and again at each and every stage. And they only get bigger because the stakes get bigger, right. right? But I had to change my relationship to it by just getting in the game and learning that, okay, I didn't die. Yeah. And this is where the magic happens. It's where I learn the most and get the most valuable information is from those failures. Mm -hmm. Everything is so much about perspective, isn't it? Totally. Because it's like, like you said, every successful person has failed, yeah. fallen on their face, embarrassed themselves, yes. ashamed of stuff they've done. Yeah. And it's just how do they react to those situations in those moments? And instead of letting it destroy you, it's like you can use it as empowerment to go, like you just did, right? Because going back to ego, right? It's like their ego gets dented. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it doesn't feel good right. all the time. Like sometimes you're like, oh, that one hurt. That one hurt. But if you can say it with a smile, and you know, Preston and I joke about it when we have those moments where it's like, oh man, I had a big slip up today, and it's like, this happened. Okay, what'd you learn? Well, I learned this. All right, what are you going to do moving forward? Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this. Great. Well, that's super valuable. Yeah. Amazing. And you wouldn't have had that information had that not have happened. Yeah. So again, it's going back to this like big, big, big idea mm. of trust. Yeah. And, and people don't want to trust because they want to control it. They say, well, yeah, well, mm. okay, well, I don't like what's here now. 
My answer to them is, well, you haven't learned what you need to learn from what's here right now. Mm -hmm. Framework is everything. everything. Yeah, I used to run from fear like everybody else. <laughs> um, and now I just told myself, okay, next time you feel Feel fear, Lisa. Go actually lean into it. Yes. Like don't even think about it. God. And so recently I was asked to do um, a talk, um, a public speaking gig, yeah. and I've never done one in my life. Yes. And the second they asked me, I went, oh shit, yes. <laughs> I just spat out the word yes without even like thinking about it because it's going back to what you're saying about, you know, like the fear just gets worse over time. It, does. it doesn't get better. Yeah. And if people can just trust that that's actually the truth. Yeah and saying, okay, am I letting this fear now paralyze me or do I actually want to use it to help me? It's like, now I have reframed it so much in my mind that fear is my best friend. Totally. And then the other thing I do is do the and what, right? So it's like, I get up and I stumble over my words, and what? Yeah. I get up and I embarrass myself, and what? Yeah. Like really, like what is the worst that can happen? Totally. And when you think about what the worst is that can happen, it's like, okay, can I live with it? Yes, of course. Of yeah. all the shit that's going on in the world, yeah. like I can live with a bit of embarrassment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll be alright. It's gonna sting though, right? Yeah. It's yeah. gonna suck, and yeah. you just going back to like you have to live in it maybe for a minute, yeah. learn the lesson, and go, all right, Lisa, next time you should do this. <laughs> but now I'm more powerful, and no one can take that away from me. Yes, so good, so, so good. I love that. Um, all right, I want to now go move on to conscious partnerships. <gasps> So you and your husband, it's like you've got such a great relationship. Um, <laughs> and the f f thing that I find the most fascinating is you're both A-types. Yeah, and De definitely. <laughs> and Tom and I are as well. And I think back in the day, it didn't used to be like that. But yeah. now that women are feeling a lot more empowered, now women yeah. are feeling like they can do whatever they want in life. Yeah. I think that a lot of people are now finding this um, this situation where they're, they're, they're partner is a type and so are they and yeah. it's sometimes hard to navigate absolutely so what would you yeah tell me about that and what would you advice would you give for two a types yeah so uh first of all i want to say conscious relationships it's kind of like a buzzword that's going mm -hmm. around right now and people are like oh conscious partnership must be so easy because you're both conscious and like you must never fight yeah. and I'm like nah conscious just means you're aware of all <laughs> your bullshit <laughs> like that's all that means um so Preston and I are very much aware of all of our stuff of all the things that we bring into the relationship before we ever met each other mm. and then we're also aware of how we trigger each other mm. which is a lot especially because we're two type A's and two type A's just for us means that we really have to look at how our ego is playing and how our soul is playing. Mm. Because type A for me used to be a lot of my ego. Used to be like mm. approving, not mm. to anybody, but just to myself. Like, can I do this? Can I get to that next income figure? Can I, mm. you know, I like a challenge. I was an athlete, I love a challenge. Like, it's exciting, it's fun. And I recognize for myself, as a very type A woman, in the past I was dating non-type A's. Oh. Because, and this is like a huge realization for me, because I needed the validation that I got from them because they always looked up to what I was doing. It was always very inspiring. And it was always like, oh wow, it's so motivating. And, and my ego needed that. It mm. needed to feel in control. And when I met Preston, I recognized that I felt really out of control in the beginning, I'd say first few months, mm. as did he. And it was a lot of, a lot of work on our egos to really put our pride aside and put the needs and wants and desires of our ego aside and go, okay, what does my soul want? My soul wants in my relationship with Preston, the deepest expression 
with another human being who I'm in intimate relationship with. And so we've just transitioned our type A from like work, 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 mm. mission, mission to relationship. And we still have it for our work, mm. but our relationship gets the bulk of that. And that, that then feeds everything that we do. What does that actual transition look like? Like, how do you get to that point? It's a lot of work. So it's literally like, I mean, we have studied all of the relationship masters. It's deep, like planning. It's deep, like listening and asking what are your dreams? What are you up to in the world? What, what do you see for relationship? Okay, how can I be a part of that? How can I weave into that dream? And how do you see me weaving into that dream and vice versa? And it's like a full inventory of your relationship. And that inventory feels like how I approach my business, which is very methodical, very intentional, mm -hmm. very aligned, very structured. And I wasn't doing that in my relationship. But why wouldn't, would I not do that in my relationship? That's what makes my businesses successful. Of course, mm. that's what I should do in my relationship, yeah. right? We just did all of it and we're continuing to do it as things come up. And it's, it's very structured and very organized, but it helps us be, I guess, aware of and prepared for anything that shows up. Mm. Oh my God, I love all that. Thank you so much for sharing all that. It's Freaking amazing. Um, I still have one last question before yeah. I do. Where can people find you online? Uh, Alexi Panos all over. So alexipanos.com, at Alexi Panos on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Uh, if you want to check out Epic, epicthemovement.org. You could just stalk me. And I'm like, I'm like on Instagram yeah. right now. Instagram's my jam. Is your so jam? Find me on IG for sure. Nice. <laughs> um, and the last question, what do you consider your superpower to be? <sighs> I think my superpower is willingness. Mm. Willingness I, to anything. Anything. I think since I've been young, mm. yeah, since I've been little, I've had this, this thing in me where I'm willing to try, I'm willing to explore, I'm willing to fail, I'm willing to move into hard situations, I'm willing to make myself look stupid for the sake of something I care about. Uh, I'm just willing to be present to life. And I think that despite all of the areas where I can get in my own way, <laughs> that is one of the things that continues to push me forward and have me really, really enjoy and be present to the magic of life. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, Woo, I need to take a deep breath after that. <laughs> um, honestly, this one, we didn't even get to touch upon her company Epic, all her books that she's written, all the incredible stuff that she's doing online. Um, so maybe stay tuned for part two, which is willing to come back. <laughs> totally. um, please go back and rewatch this episode. There were so many nuggets of gold, so many that literally, if you can take even just one of those and implement it into your real life, like your life will absolutely change. So please do go follow this woman. She's incredible. And just remember, like, just be willing, period. Be willing to do whatever is going to get you to what you really want to do in life. So please, please go follow her. And if, um, if you're not following us already, please click that subscribe button down there and follow me at Lisa Billu. And until next time, guys, go be your own superhero. Peace out. What's up, guys? Lisa here. Thank you so much for listening. If you're not already subscribed, please do click that subscribe button. Click, click, click away so you don't miss any new episodes that come out every single Wednesday. And if you do 
feel so inclined be great to get a rate and a review from you that'd be awesome that's how we get the show in front of more people and create more impact on more women so until then go out and be the superhero of your own life